Hello everyone, welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan, and we got a bit of news this week, just not as much as last week. This includes updates to Peacock and Paramount, and reviews are coming in for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Let's start with the box office numbers. Staying in first place is the bad guys, which made 16.1 million for a total of 44.4 million. In second place is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with 11.3 million for a total of 116.9 million. Third place was The Secrets of Dumbledore with 8.3 million for a total of 79.5 million. In fourth place was The Northman with 6.3 million for a total now of 22.8 million. Fifth place was Everything Everywhere All at Once with 5.5 million for a total of 35.4 million. Continuing from the top five, in sixth place was Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with 3.9 million for a total of 13.5 million. The Lost City came in seventh place with 3.9 million for a total now of 90.7 million. And opening in eighth place was Memory with 3.1 million. The bad guys had a great hold from its opening weekend, dropping only 33%, and at this rate, if it can keep it up, it could finish with at least 70 million domestic. Sonic is still doing well, but it looks like 200 million might just be out of reach. It can still hit 180 million, but after that, it's not clear. Everything Everywhere All at Once actually had a great weekend, thanks in part to its one-week IMAX run across the country, where its 5.5 million total was 2% higher than last weekend. Clearly word of mouth is helping the film, and it looks to finish at least with 45 million, maybe even 15 million. As for the one opening we got with Memory, starring Liam Neeson, it didn't do great, clearly, and reviews were pretty bad for it with it getting a Rotten Tomato score of 31%. After taking a week off, we are back to looking at the box office numbers in China as they celebrate May Day, which, while slightly improved the numbers, is still massively down from what it was in February. Opening in first place was a romantic movie called Stay With Me, which opened to 8.4 million. The Bad Guys also opened over the weekend, making 4.5 million in its debut. The Secrets of Dumbledore dropped to third place, making 2.9 million for a total of 20.4 million. Fourth place was Man on the Edge with 2.1 million for a total of 12.3 million. In fifth place was Hotel Transylvania Transformia with 1.7 million for a total of 10.7 million. Right now, the COVID situation is slightly getting worse in China while the government is getting COVID under control in Shanghai. They have been in a lockdown now for a month and there is no set date on when restrictions will be relaxed. And now the capital, Beijing, is starting to deal with COVID, including mass testing, restricting public transportation, and doing smaller lockdowns on specific apartment blocks. As for Hollywood films, right now it looks like Universal will take the lead. Currently, they are planning to release Marry Me on May 13th and Downton Abbey A New Era on May 20th. They've also gotten approval to release Jurassic World Dominion, though no release date has been set. Now taking a look at worldwide numbers, The Secrets of Dumbledore made $25.8 million for a total now of 229.5 million. Clear half a billion is off the table for the, for the movie, and we'll have to settle for reaching 400 million. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 made 14.5 million 
for a worldwide total of 323.5 million. Downton Abbey 2 opened in 33 international markets this weekend, making 9.3 million in its debut. The bad guys made 9 million for a worldwide total of 118.7 million. The Northmen made 4.5 million for a total now of 41.6 million worldwide. And finally, the Lost City made 10.5 million for a total of 149 million worldwide. For news in Hollywood, we start with Universal as they have found their next director for Fast 10, which is Lewis Letter. Deadline is saying final details are being worked on, so it's not official yet, but usually when articles are being made about it, it's more or less done. He has directed movies including The Transporter 1 and 2, Clash of the Titans, and Now You See Me. If he is the final pick, I guess it's an okay choice. I mean, the Transporter movies were fun, but Now You See Me was very meh. If having him on board helps with the action in the film, that would be good enough, I guess. Also, it's now not clear who will direct Fast 11. Universal has set a release date for a new film of theirs called Cocaine Bears. Yes, I'm being serious. The film will be directed by Elizabeth Banks and stars Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ray Liotta, and others. As for what it's about, well, it's based off a true story, apparently, where a drug runner's plane crashed that had cocaine in it. A bear ate some and went on a rampage. It will be released February 24th, 2023, one week after the Marvels. I hope this plays as a dark comedy because the cast looks solid and the idea of a bear going on a coke-fueled rampage can lead to some funny stuff. Warner Brothers has bought a new film with Deadline having the exclusive on it, currently titled The Executioner. The film is a action murder mystery that will star Jason Momoa. The film was in the middle of a bidding war that Warner Brothers won, though it is not known how much they paid for it. The film seems to be a package of Jason Momoa starring with a script written by Ryan and Kaz Furpo, as there is no director set right now. It'll be a while before we hear more about this film because first Warner Brothers needs to confirm that they bought it and then put the rest of the crew together to produce it. I will say though, Jason Momoa in an action murder mystery sounds like a good time, so I'm interested. Deadline has another exclusive for a new film in development at Warner Brothers and that is a Crazy Rich Asians spin-off. The spin-off film will focus on the character of Astrid played by Gemma Chan in the first film. The script for it will be written by Jason Kim, who apparently pitched the idea for the film to Warner Brothers. They loved it so much, so now it's in development. This is now the second film of the franchise in development as the actual sequel, The Crazy Rich Asians, is still being developed. I'm glad Warner Brothers has finally seen the potential in this franchise, but for the spin-off, my main concern is the same for the sequel. Has it been too long since the first one that audiences might not care? In an update on Michael DeLuca and Pam Amdi from MGM, who will be leaving the studio toward the end of summer, it is now expected that they will both make their move to Warner Brothers. At least that is what Deadline is reporting. It is not clear at this time what their roles would be and who they would report to. Deadline has another exclusive, and that is casting updates on the White Men Can't Jump reboot at 20th Century Studios. The film will be adding Lance Reddick, Laura Harrier and Tanya Taylor with Jack Harlow and Cinco Wales previously signed on. Personally, I don't care about the reboot, but since Lance Reddick is in it, I might have to give it a watch. He is a great actor. Finally, we got a trailer for Warner Brothers for Don't Worry Darling, starring Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, directed by Olivia Wilde. It comes out September 23rd. VOD Premium, we start with Peacock as NBC Universal is looking to beef up their content available for the service. 
First Bravo, where the company announced that Peacock will be the streaming home of the channel. What this means is that new episodes of all Bravo shows will be available to watch the day after they air for premium customers. This starts this week, and in the fall, all Bravo shows will be leaving Hulu and move over to Peacock. This is not a surprising move, as they own Bravo, so all the negotiations in getting this done was in-house. Also, makes sense to start building up the service for a possible marketing push and what it can offer to customers. They also announced that they too got a deal with Lionsgate to stream their films. However, it's going to be a while. They announced that they got the pay to window for Lionsgate films released in 2022 and later. So how does the updated Lionsgate release schedule go? Well, Lionsgate will release a movie in theaters. After that, it will go to Stars for a period of time. Then exclusively to Roku. Then exclusively to Peacock. And then back to Roku and possibly Peacock at the same time. As at that point, it's not exclusive. As long as it did not cost NBC Universal that much, then I would say it's not a bad deal. I say this because the earliest they're getting any of these films, at this rate, is late 2023, if not sometime in 2024. So yeah, this will help beef up their content in almost two years. Also, Universal will be making three films to be exclusively on Peacock and will be released throughout 2023. The first is The Killer, a film about an assassin. The film will be directed by John Woo and is a reboot of the original one from the 80s, also directed by him. The second film is Shooting Stars that is focused on LeBron James' story in high school before he became one of the biggest basketball players ever. The last movie is Praise This, where a newcomer to a community church pushes them into a hipper musical direction. None of these films stand out to me as amazing, but NBC Universal is doing the right thing here. First, they are finally using Universal, one of the biggest studios in the world, to produce some of the films for their streaming service. Way to catch up with everyone else. Also, one thing that stood out to me was the variety between the three films, each one being uniquely different. You know, it's not just three action films or three family films, and that's it. Finally, we finish with Paramount, where they have their quarterly earnings report. The company reported that they gained 6.8 million new subscribers in the first quarter, bringing its total to 62 million subscribers, 40 million of them for Paramount+. Plus. Remember, the total count includes other services like Showtime as well. As for new content, not much new was announced, except that a Jackass show is now in development for Paramount+. Plus. Nothing else was said about it, just that it is in development now, based on the success of Jackass Forever. And as for the continued expansion of Paramount+, Plus, that does continue this year. On June 22nd, the service will launch in the UK. Paramount is partnering with Sky for the rollout of it, which means a few things. If you are a Sky Cinema customer, you will get the streaming service added for free. If you are a Sky Q customer, you can have it as an add-on to your plan, but still have to pay for it. And if you don't have Sky at all, you can just sign up to the service directly. It will also be launching in South Korea at some point in June. For the second half of the year, Paramount Plus will be launching in France, Germany, Australia, and Italy. Next year, Paramount Plus will also launch in India through a joint venture between Paramount and TV18. I'd say overall, the subscriber numbers for Paramount were solid. They also talked about how Halo has been a massive hit for them so far, so they are starting to build up their exclusive show lineup and having their films this year go to Paramount Plus and not to other streaming services also helps. I'm curious to see how much of a boost they will get when it launches in the UK and in South Korea. Then that'll be it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. Question for the episode is, are you looking forward to any of the new movies in development? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page is in the show notes. Thank you for listening and see you next time.